Welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. Glad that you're with us. It's a wonderful opportunity to stop doing what you're doing, or honestly, if you want to multitask a little bit, walk on the treadmill, maybe you're making dinner or doing something else, great time to still study about God's Word and consider something that we can try to give to you about bettering ourselves and our Christian walk. That's what the Far Better Podcast is all about. We're always trying to please God in this life so that our eternity can be far better than what we have here due to all of the horrible things that occur. We've been talking this season so far in the first five episodes about the theme, which is far better than focusing on blank. And today we're ending with probably, man, one of the most needed topics for people my generation and younger. Uh, I'm going to be 29 at some point this season uh, when this is airing. I don't know if this is about the time... Uh, that I'll be just a few weeks away or, or whatnot, but I'll be turning 29 years old, and this is not about to be me saying I'm so old or anything like that. I know I'm still young, um, and if you want to know who's old, uh, we could look at Wayne and Noah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you knew it was coming. <laughs> I'm waiting he was on waiting it. on it. Um, what happened to all the pepper? I just <laughs> see salt now. It's just salt. <laughs> Hey, man, I don't like to put pepper, so it's, you can be salt. That's fine. Uh, but we've got a bunch of people in our world that are my age and younger that have started using a phrase, uh, main character syndrome. And they have this mentality of, it's me. I'm the main character. It's all about me, all about me, all about me. That's a problem uh, for a lot of reasons. And we want to talk about that today. But before we do, I want to give you guys one other chance to tell me if you had to, you know, kind of gun to your head situation, and they said, we want you to preach a sermon, and you pick the sermon that you either think is most beneficial that you've preached for yourself or the sermon that you love talking about the story the most or whatever, what would the sermon be? I'm going to steal Scott's because he's already mentioned it in another lesson, but I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 15 before he does. Yeah. <laughs> you do one more night with the frogs, okay? <laughs> yeah. I still is. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, because it's all about the resurrection. Yeah. And uh, it's probably one of the, to me, one of the most logical, logically laid out arguments for Christ and, and the evidences of Christ being resurrected and what that means for us, even to the point of ending the chapter dealing with death. Yeah. And so I, I just think it's a masterful chapter, and I, I think probably with a gun to my head, I could preach it, maybe even without notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I guess if if it had to be just one, it would probably be on calling on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, the study in and of itself would be a, a survey of the New Testament usage of that passage and essentially preaching the plan of salvation from Acts chapter 2 and mm-hmm. looking at what they did to call on the name of the Lord. But it's a study that can take take us through what sin is, what the gospel is, so you get to preach some 1 Corinthians 15 and step on Wayne's toes. Um, <laughs> But you, you, you look at what the gospel is, and not just what brethren say it is, but what the gospel is. You get to look at the faith that saves. You get to look at what confession really is, emphasizing Christ. You get to look at what repentance really is. And it's not just, I'm sorry. You get to look at what repentance really is. And you get to look at what baptism really is. Um, 
And that that study in and of itself is hopefully the the key milestone turning point for for the person that needs to hear it. So if if I could only preach one, um, and I knew that there was anyone in the audience that had not obeyed the gospel, that would that would be it. Yeah, I guess if I had to do one, it'd probably be on postmodernism. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I th- I think I would probably lend way more toward the cross um, because you, you get to talk about a lot of the same themes and elements. Uh, we cannot call on the name of the Lord if he has not died for our sins. Uh, we cannot call him our Savior if he hasn't risen. And so I just effectively stepped on both of y'all's toes and, uh, you know, did it in two moves. Um, but honestly, when we're talking about the sermon, if we had to preach one sermon left, that's a really— sobering thought in all seriousness uh because one day for all three of us we will do that and we won't probably get to pick the one that we just said um you know that that'll be a maybe one of those where you're going through the bible and you finish and you you're at psalm 119 you finish that up and that's the last sermon you ever preach and not like that's a bad place to be but you get to talk about picking That'd be a wonderful blessing if you could, because we all have our favorite things to discuss. But one day, I'll step out of a pulpit for the last time, and uh, that's really, when we talk about this episode of myself, I could make the joke that I just tricked us into talking about our favorite sermons to preach, and therefore we're now ineligible to talk about the subject, but there's nothing wrong with doing that, talking about a sermon that we like to preach. But we talk about ourself and putting ourselves on an unholy playing field there is a difference between realizing that one day this career ends and having the peace and comfort that because it's not about me that's okay ed sheeran a popular singer wrote a song where he puts in the in the lyrics you know when my hands don't work like they used to before and I, i can't play the strings the same way And he's talking about when I'm no longer able to be a musician, will you still love me the way that you love me right now while I'm able to do these things? And I've often thought about that, and it's when I'm no longer able to preach, will I still be able to say that it's still about Jesus? When I really have to take that step back maybe, and I can't do full-time work, I can't do traveling, and I can't do all of that, will I still have the understanding that I say I have right now, which is it's all about the Lord? Because there have been preachers that say it's all about the Lord. There have been Christians who say it's all about the Lord, but then the way they live their life is completely opposite of that. That's what we're talking about today. It's acting like it's about one thing, but really when you get down to the nitty-gritty, it's you know, it's about you, it's about me, it's about the person themselves. And so, by way of the first question, is it really supposed to be like we've heard singing and music and songs and all of the other things that I can think of that say the same word that I'm trying to say because I was thinking of movies instead of songs? Is it really me, myself, and I? Is it really all about me? John Dunn wrote a poem, No Man is an Island to Himself. You know, we are all part of humanity. Uh, and one of the things that we have to realize is that within humanity, um, I'm never alone. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I turn things toward, if, if I make it all about me, all about me, you know, me, myself, and I, uh, then, you know, I have, I have missed something. I have missed, number one, an opportunity to be a part of this human race. Yeah. You know, I've missed an opportunity to be a part of 
the Lord's church, right? Because I cannot at all make all of that about me and some of the issues that come up in church work, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, you find that there's this attitude, right? That it's about me and what can I get? What am I getting? Or rather, what am I not getting? And therefore, I go <laughs> somewhere else to find it. Um, and and sometimes you can ask them, "What is it you, that you're looking for?" Well, I don't, I don't even know. And so that's a that's a struggle that people have, and so many times it comes back to the idea that they are focused on themselves. Right. And what am I looking for for my family? What am I looking for that makes me feel good in worship? What am I trying to find that that makes me feel comfortable with the sermon or with the singing? Is the lighting just right? And mm. it almost goes back to our first conversation when we were talking about the pleasures of this world because it really is a focus on the physical. Mm-hmm. Paul said, no man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. Whether we live or we die, we're the Lord's, Romans 14. No, I'm not an island. Yes, my life does influence the lives of others around me. He told the Philippians, let nothing be done through uh, for vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And in that same epistle, Philippians 2, 3 was where that was, but that same epistle, Paul is going to tell these Christians in chapter 3, you mark them which walk among you as you have us for examples. We are being seen. We are living our lives in front of others, impacting others, affecting Mm -hmm. others. Every motion I make in this pool is a ripple that's going to come across to someone else. No, it's not all about me. Uh, And no, it's not all about my family. Now, it's one thing to have our eyes open to our responsibilities because God has entrusted us with the stewardship of what he's given to us. But it's another thing to allow those things over which we are stewards to become our gods instead of allowing our God to be over our stewardship. Anytime we make it about ourselves, I said this in an episode that is yet to be aired because I recorded a little out of order with some of the guests because that's what their schedule would allow. But we hear the phrase hero ball. And what we mean by hero ball is that player thinks that they're not going to make it without him taking over the game. And you see it a lot more in basketball. I mentioned on the the episode later with Josh Walker and Cody McCoy. Uh, Sometimes that does happen. You know, sometimes a, a guy has an excellent night on the court, and without him, they would not have won the game. Then there are some times where he tries to do the same thing, and it just is miserable. It fails spectacularly, and you think, hey, man, uh, <laughs> if you hadn't played like that, we probably could have won. And I think when we talk about me, myself, and I, there is a difference between knowing when you need to step up because you're needed to do so, being a leader, and there's a difference between saying, I'm going to lead because that's what I want to do. That's what I need to do. That's just me. I've, I've chosen myself for this role to lead, and I'm going to let everybody know it. And there's a danger in that a serious danger of making ourselves an island and realizing that it's about me when really what Paul said, you know, you live or die, you're the Lord's. It's all about the Lord. And sometimes I think people get almost sick to their stomach with the Christian mindset of it's never about me. Well, why not? Can you not have fun? Well, no, I can have fun and it still be with a focus of trying to serve God. Um, For example, if I pick and choose wholesome things to do while I'm having fun, I am still trying to make sure that I'm serving God and doing so. I told people in high school, why don't you come and party with us on the weekends? 
because I kind of like to remember my weekends. <laughs> I, you guys come home, you know, back to school on Monday, and none of y'all know what you did. And that's not really enticing for me to say, yeah, let's hang out. And so there's there's an intent there of saying, though I'm not going to do what the world says is fun, I'm doing what I'm going to do for fun this weekend because I know it will also please my Lord. That's important. And it means that we understand that it's not about me. The world and the self says, do what makes you feel good. It's all about you. It's all about what you want. And that's really our next question is how the world views itself. And it's backwards. The world says that it's thinking about other people. The world says that it's all about being selfless. But when you really ask the question, and I'm going to throw it straight to Scott, is the world selfish or unselfish? (laughs) The world is selfishly unselfish. Yeah, that's right. In that, it has redefined what selfishness actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is true on an individual and on a collective level. Uh, on an individual level, we tend to define selfless as that which elevates me. <laughs> I once heard uh, Jay Leno make the comment that in America, we want everyone to know about all the good works we are doing anonymously. Right. Well, that's a pretty good description (laughs) of our selflessness. Um, As a Christian, it's completely different. There was someone who made it all about me already. It was Mm. Christ. Paul said he loved me and gave himself for me, Galatians 2.20. In that same verse, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I. Christ liveth in me. I make it all about him. Because he made it all about me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So we think about how the world views selfishness and selflessness. The world is going to put it on a a, a platform that makes worldliness look better. Mm-hmm. That's going to be why selflessness in the world's view exalts sexual immorality right? and people doing what they like in terms of their gender identity or doing what they like in terms of their uh, sexual proclivity. Mm -hmm. The world is going to take the idea of philanthropy (laughs) and allow that which is deemed as charitable behavior to lend toward political ideology. Uh, Everything has an agenda. Mm -hmm. The, The world has defined it's selflessness in the most selfish way possible. Yeah, before I throw it to you, Wayne, on that, you said something that struck a chord with a, a memory that I've got. Years ago, we went to uh, see a concert, and the artist that was performing that day had VIP passes available back before COVID kind of killed those for the time being. And we bought one. We, Megan and I, we were dating at the time. We both bought a, a VIP pass to go back and meet this guy. And I remember thinking, you know, we're here, we paid to meet him, and the entire time he made it seem like we were the famous people. And was just talking to us, he said, man, do you play any instruments? I said, no, and he said, you should. All this kind of, you know, just like, man, you, you, you guys are so awesome for coming back and meeting me, and never once was it, I am so much better than you. And true to form, I accidentally ran into him once, too, at another concert that we went to see him. And he was pulling out in a van, and I saw him, and I I called him by name, and he stopped. He told the driver, stop, and he talked to me for like five minutes. The whole time I'm thinking, you are, you know, platinum artist. You're, you know, well-known and popular. You've got other places to be. You don't know me from Adam, and yet you've taken 
15 minutes. I paid for 10 of them, but the other five you gave me for free. And the entire time it was as if he was there to meet me. And what you said there about God already made it about me. That's that needs to strike a chord. And I want to reemphasize that because there, there is no other thing that I can think about when it comes to the way the Pharisees treated themselves that does not really come down and boil down to greediness on our part when we continue to try to make it about me. God's already done that. He already made it about me, and I want more. Is Jesus not enough? Is the sacrifice of his son not sufficient in my mind? When I say I'm a great preacher or Christian or person or whatever, and I make it more about me, it's as if I'm slapping God in the face and saying, yours wasn't enough, recognize this too. Instead of saying, not to the necessarily the level of Paul where he would be so hard on himself to say I'm the worst of the worst and all of this, but to say, God, everything I am, like Paul did say, is because of you. Whatever I do have in this life, whatever I have accomplished is because of your grace and your mercy, giving me the opportunity to be saved, having salvation, giving me a word that I can preach to people. It always should come back to to the Father and to God himself and to Jesus and Jesus himself on the earth. There's numerous passages in John where Jesus said, why don't you go look at the Father? Why don't you go look to him? And when the Son of God is here on the earth saying, stop making it about me, make it about him knowing that he's also going to be the one that's redeeming us, that's got to be a lesson. Of course, we we can talk about what we're going to talk about in just a minute, I know, with Philippians 2, but he already made it about me. Why do I need more? And, and you take that and springboard from it. How many preachers today are encouraging Christians to stand up and give their testimony yeah. all about themselves yeah. instead of making it about Christ mm. as though – as though the gospel is, the gospel's great, it's a really good idea, but you know, Jesus, you need my story before that Bible's really going to win right. souls. And we've really got to be careful with that. Yeah. Before I throw it to you, let me just ask the third question too, and you answer, you give me what you wanted for the second question of how the world views itself, but also let me springboard it to this. How do we stop being all about ourselves and more about others? And Wayne, you just, you just take it away, brother. <laughs> The world is very much a, a promotion of self. It's, you know, we, we hear phrases, self-ambition, self-motivator, self-starter, you know, self-driven, right. you know, all, all of those things, you know, we can't help but to be about ourselves, you know, because those things are seen in the eyes of society as, mm-hmm. as, as good. And, and there's some good traits in that, but they all promote self. Right. And so we have, to, that's something we have to be careful about. And I would say preachers following that same, we have to be careful about those very same things. And, and you. Uh, you guys, as well as I have seen and know of preachers, unfortunately, who it it becomes much about them more, yeah. much more than the kingdom, and much more about Christ, you know than Christ. Right, and uh, and that's unfortunate. We have Philippians chapter two, and in verse, you know, the the whole thing was let each of you, verse four, let each of you look not only for his own interest but also for the interest of others. Yeah, I have interest of mine that things that I have to be concerned about and worried not anxious over, but Mm -hmm. that I have to deal with in my life, but also need to be thinking about others. Right. And, and so that, that idea of having, uh, you know, humility, but let nothing be done through selfish, selfish ambition or conceit, but of lowliness of mind and esteeming one another. And, and the idea or others is better, better than themselves. So how do I do that? 
with this mind being you, which was in Christ. Right. So it comes back to Christ again. He's our perfect example. But you know, when I when I think about Christ, you know, and, and what the these passages have this passage certainly teaches us, you know, he left the glories of heaven and he did that for me. But the moment that I start thinking he did that for me alone, <laughs> I'm in trouble. You know, I've missed the point. Mm-hmm. He did this for the whole world, for the sins of the whole world, First John 2. So you have passages like this reminding us, how, how, do, I, how do I stop this downhill spiral yeah. of, of thinking only about me? Right. The Bible is full of passages. I'll call them the one another passages, and and, th- and there are many, too many to to mention in our, in our time remaining. Here's just a couple of them. R- remembering to begin with Romans twelve verse five that we are members one of another. We're we're never by ourselves as members of the body of Christ, and so we're supposed to love one another, edify one another, encourage one another. We're supposed to through love serve one another. We're supposed to be. Uh, giving honor to one another mm-hmm. by preferring one another uh, and, and, and all of these things, considering one another, being hospitable to one another. It, it's, it's about one another. And in, in, in the moment, again, this is writing to Christians, the New Testament written to Christians, and these passages are scattered throughout the, our New Testament letters. And in those passages, you have Jesus and, uh, you know, through inspiration, these writer, New Testament writers who are teaching us, it's not just you. Mm-hmm. It, there's a bigger picture yeah. to the church and and what is being accomplished here and what you should be accomplishing and thinking about is not just you and not just me, but we're to think about those around us by way of their salvation, by way of service and helping them, by way of encouraging them. It's, it's you know, the, the last thing you want to do is think, okay, well, I'm going to heaven. But, uh, you know, I'm satisfied going by myself. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, it starts internally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It I mean, really you, does. you have to change the way that you think. So. Let this mind be in you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be uh, renewed. Uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, mm-hmm. 2. I think one of the passages that hits on selfishness that we may often miss, you take a look at Galatians 5. Galatians five thirteen begins... Uh, 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 this section of the chapter with an emphasis on uh, brethren you've been called to liberty but use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh but by love serve one another all the laws fulfilled in this word love thy neighbor as thyself verse 14 verse 15 don't bite and devour one another Christian cannibalism well if you skip to the end of the chapter Galatians 5 26 let us not be desirous of vain glory provoking one another envying one another you've got a selfish sandwich Mm-hmm. From verse 13 through verse 26, you've got a discussion of selfishness versus selflessness. Now, we've already discussed pleasures of the world. That could also be called lust of the flesh. Selfish. Mm-hmm. Walking in the flesh or with, with that physical uh, priority is selfish. But then there's a description of selfless, whereas selfish would be the works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. Galatians 5, and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit, here's selfless. Mm-hmm. Here's what a selfless life looks like. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It's interesting. The words holiness, righteousness do not occur in that list. Mm-hmm. This list of the fruit of the Spirit it's about how I treat people. It's about whether or not I treat people the way God does. That's what selflessness looks like. 
you know, I'm reminded of Colossians 3, 1 through 3, specifically verses 2 and 3, you know, that idea of setting our mind on things above, not on things of the earth, because you died. You're dead. And when we make it about myself, that is just an excuse to keep the old man alive instead of truly putting him to death. Amen. And I'm if I'm not no going to do that, and I'm not going to say, like you just mentioned, I am mine no more. Uh, I've, I've started to tell people, as we bring this to a close, confession has been cheapened in some ways in the church by just simply saying Jesus is the Son of God. Confession is saying, I'm putting a target on my back, devil, come get me. I'm ready. <laughs> and I, I don't belong to you, I belong to him. And it's an admission of by saying he's the son of God, he now has my my soul as his servant. And everything I do from this point forward should be to serve him and not the devil. And that's when the devil, in all honesty, says, you have my attention. Now I'm coming after you again. Because when he has me, he doesn't need me. He's not actively trying to keep me because he already has me. But when I tell him that I'm not going to serve him, that's when he says, okay, I'm aware and that's what he's going to do the most is say, make it about you, man. Come on. Make it about you. Just make it about yourself. And when we do that, so much damage is done. And one of the most damaging ways that it can be done in the church is through the leadership. Whether it's the elders making it about themselves instead of serving the kingdom the way they need to be serving, the preacher making it about himself and constantly putting himself on a pedestal that for some reason he thinks it's pretty high off the ground, but you know all the legs are broken off of him, and he's just basically standing on plywood, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. If we do that, and if deacons, instead of just simply serving, say, well, don't you know I'm doing a lot? The church will not thrive. But in the individual mindset, as we bring it to a true close, if I make my whole life about me, I won't see the one who made it about me in the beginning. Amen. And as we close out this week, I'm thankful that we had the opportunity to have both Scott and Wayne on for these six episodes. That's a, a lot more than we normally have when we have some guests on, but I am truly thankful that they were able to join us for these six episodes. And the next time we're together on our podcast, versus, versus preacher, <laughs> episode seven, eight, nine, and 10, we have a great treat on looking at being far better than focusing on what others think, say, have and do. And Brother Dan Cates will be on with me to talk about those, and I look forward to having him. Uh, We're currently getting our schedules put together where we can actually record those, and so I'm looking forward to 7, 8, 9, and 10. But Scott, Wayne, thank y'all so much for being on the program. Uh, Y'all have been on before, and we're, we're always honored when you come back and join us again, and so we look forward to the future to having you again. But next week, we'll continue in our study on Far Better Than, focusing on fill in the blank, Until then, check out the show notes for the information, and let's remember to please God now so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.